It was easy to sell things then, hard to buy things. Now we're opposite. It's easy to buy things, there's deals everywhere, but it's hard to sell things. That's it. And the only way that you can become a good wholesaler is to learn, okay, help me get in your head, Jordy. What, what kinds of deals are you looking for and why? Guys, I'm back with Jordy Clark. Jordy, thanks for being here. This is awesome to get your ideas, share content with you. Um, I, love, I love talking with you because you're doing such big things and you've got so much experience. And for our listeners on this video, we want to talk about a little bit of kind of reverse engineering their wholesale business. Yep. So we have a lot of wholesalers that watch the channel, um, a lot of them working on their first deal, or they're trying to adapt right now in, in the market we're in. And it was interesting talking with you because we talked a little bit about um, some of the things you're doing differently today than even a year ago when we sat down with our, our previous interview, yep. and you gave us kind of a cash buyer perspective at that time. So I would love to hear from you about what you're doing as a cash buyer because you buy from wholesalers. You don't wholesale, you you fix and flip and you do uh, buy and hold. So you are the ideal buyer for a wholesaler to bring deals to uh, as long as it's fitting your buy box. And that's the point. So, so some of the things, Jordan, I'm talking to a lot about with wholesalers is kind of the opposite approach that we did when the market was red hot, which is uh, don't worry so much about don't make the first focus the deal, make the first focus the buyer, what they want, understanding what they want, so that you can now go into the market and look for opportunities that you have that match what they want. Yep. And so you're gonna share some ideas here about your particular buy box, and that's great, but the point is, is if you're in Jordy's market and you're looking for deals that you can bring to a Jordy, a cash buyer, how do you understand what they're doing, what they're, how they've adjusted, what's important to them so that you then can bring them the right deals? Yeah. Yeah. So A, I think it's having a conversation with, you know, if you're wholesaling, who are you wholesaling to? And then, like you said, having that conversation of what are you buying? So my philosophy, and we flipped up, up and down the Wasatch front and Wasatch back. Here in Utah. Here in yeah. Utah. Um, so Salt Lake City, metropolitan area, basically. Um, I've got a philosophy and, you know, I've been a realtor for a decade. Um, I've helped a ton of people, uh, almost over 800 now, buy, sell, transact um, as a realtor. And now I've phased into just being an investor full time because it's kind of like the next version of me. And mm -hmm. anyways, um, I, I'm, I'm looking at it. I've got all these past clients that, you know, anyone that owned real estate from 2019 or prior has a ton of equity. Everyone who's watching this knows that, right? <laughs> We've seen an explosion in values. Um, and I would be willing to bet just based on all of the data I look at, you know, most of those people have an interest rate that's below 5%. Mm -hmm. I think the stats like 80 or 82% of all 30 year mortgages have an interest rate below 5%. And then like 60% of all mortgages have an interest rate below 4%. Because they, they either bought in low or they refinanced low. Yeah. When yeah. COVID hit, ref, like Refinances. everyone, there's a refinance boom. Yeah. Everyone refied. I know people that like, I have a buddy who bought a gorgeous home up in Park City, multi-million dollar home. He has a 2% rate yeah. on that house. It's so funny. I was joking about this with a Pace Morby, but my one of my mountain, one, my Lake Mountain houses, I got a couple. Um, when I bought that, I was at like a, like a 4 Mid four. And I remember I was pissed because I was like, 
that's way too high. Yep. And I was trying to, and I was trying to, I never did. I, I was trying to refinance, uh, you know, down at like a three, eight or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm like four, six. Amazing. I love my rate. Yeah. Yeah. It's perspective, it, right? It's yeah. all perspective. I mean, if you look at the last 70 years of mortgages, the average interest rate was like 7.2%. Yeah. And that's about where we're at today. So historically we're average today. Yeah. We, and, and it will get to a point where the rates today feel normal. Yep. We're just still kind of like remembering the old rates. Oh yeah, but they'll become a they'll, in in the near future. It'll be like seven percent, amazing. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, so I mean, everyone that's got a three percent rate, though, like they they are now stuck with that payment because uh, you know salaries have not exploded a hundred percent. You know, someone that was making sixty grand is maybe making sixty six now, and you know they're not making one hundred and twenty. You know, no right. employer is just going to double your salary just because inflation is high, right? Um, So everyone's going to stay with that rate that already bought. So for me, I I was looking at all of this data and, you know, I was licking my wounds from a few losses. (laughs) We we lost a ton of money uh, flipping just because, I mean, like everyone, like I've got friends that flip in California, Missouri, Florida, and I was talking to them all in this mastermind I'm in and everyone lost money. Yeah. Everyone has a bad deal. Yeah, It it happens, right? Like markets turn on a dime and as liquid as I try to be with real estate, like I'm in a deal for six to 12 months Mm -hmm. and like I can't, yeah, got caught. So I also rode that wave in COVID where everything we bought, and I think we talked about this on the last one, Mm -hmm. didn't matter what you bought, you made money on it because everything was going up. You know, here we had 30% annual average appreciation. Blew up here, yeah. So like you bought something and the market carried you, you sold it, you made a profit. It probably wasn't you as a flipper. It was probably the market, right? But um, it was easy to uh, sell things then hard to buy things. Now we're opposite. It's easy to buy things. There's deals everywhere, but it's hard to sell things. That's it. So what I looked at is I said, well, I don't want to be, you know, in the, uh, our median price points about 600,000 here, meaning the average house is worth $600,000. So, um, I don't want to be in that 600,000 to $2 million mark because, Anyone who's moving into that is selling something. Like you don't just go out and buy a million dollar home as your first home, you know, in our area. So that person is going to have to make a decision. Do I want to let go of, call it my $2,500 payment to get an extra thousand square feet? And now all of a sudden, you know, I'm paying double what I paid four years ago and my interest rate is double. So I'm quadrupling my payment. So you're saying they're not going to trade for a double the payment because the interest rates are twice as high. Yeah. They're just not going to do that. No, 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 no person in their right mind, unless there is like a life circumstance that's happening. Yeah. Um, but most move up buyers aren't having those life circumstances, right? A move up buyer, they've been in their house for a few years. They're kind of getting ready. You know, they've had a few more kids. Maybe they got a little bit of a promotion. They want to be in a different area. Mm. They're relocating. Like that's a move up buyer. Well, not the relocation, but the, the, death, divorce, relocation, like those are, that's life happening for somebody that's forcing a move, right? Most people aren't going to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to go from this house that has a two car garage and five bedrooms to a six bedroom with a three car garage. And I'm going from a $2,500 payment to a $7,500. <laughs> it's not going to do that. It's yeah. not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So they're just going to st- sit in their house and so renovate or that do whatever. Price point is kind of risky to invest in. To me. 
to yep, you. Because yeah. I don't, I don't want to be dealing with that buyer because I think the buyer pool is diminished. The sandbox I want to play in this year is I want to focus on first-time home buyers because their option is, holy cow, rent's come going up on me again this, this month, mm-hmm. and I'm now paying 2000 bucks a month for a two-bedroom apartment. Well, why don't I just go pay 2000 bucks a month for a three-bedroom townhouse, right? Like that's their, their option. And 7% rate doesn't matter anymore because they're not- They don't have the 3% rate. They don't look at the rate, they look at the payment versus their rent. Exactly. And that's a better play for you to invest in as a flipper. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm gonna have a bigger buyer pool. I'm gonna have a motivated buyer who, you know, maybe their lease is ending and they need to get into a Mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. And so I wanna play there because I can cycle through my inventory quicker, yeah. which is going to give me better returns, which is why I'm investing in real estate. So that makes a lot of sense. In fact, guys listening, what, what Jordy just explained there probably applies in a lot of markets, that same idea around that. I think the point though, is that Jordy's, he's not just like a deal's a deal, whatever, you know, I got some comps. He's trying to look at the market and his business strategy and, and actually have rational around it, like a reason, you know, you're, you're being very intentional about the way that you're approaching the market. Mm-hmm. And that's because you're, you are a real investor. When I say real investor, what I mean is you're following sound business practices in the way that you make decisions. In the previous market, anybody who's gotten into wholesale real estate in the, in the previous couple of years, you're so messed up because you were operating in a, in a market that was not normal and it did not follow sound business practices. Like you just made money whether you bought right or not. Everything worked. Yep. Normally those people would have been out of business because they would have messed up if they paid that price. Yep. So the people still alive today, the cash buyers that are the Jordies in the marketplace, they're not just going to buy whatever thing you throw at them. They're going to be very strategic about how they're buying. Yep. And the only way that you can become a good wholesaler is to learn. Okay, help me get in your head, Jordy. What... What kinds of deals are you looking for and why? And you're very clear about it right now. Yep. Now that could change. Like we could be talking in a year from now and you're like, okay, now here's what I'm doing differently. Because as an investor, you're just taking the market and the opportunities it presents and then adapting to that. Yep. And that's just being a smart investor that always evolves. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I like that. That's a really great way to kind of look at that. What other, what other things should wholesalers who are looking for opportunities, what should they be thinking about when bringing a deal to you? Like if someone brings you a deal, how would you coach that wholesaler on, on making sure they're bringing you everything you want to see? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. So, uh, for me, uh, I'm a pretty busy guy. I've got an active real estate team, um, that we're working on. I've got flips, I've got rental properties, you know, my wife has a home staging business uh, that we're franchising and we've got a lot of moving pieces and we've got, you know, a couple of kids trying mm-hmm. to keep up with you. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's just a lot we've got going on. So I don't have the time to run out to every single property. Mm. The minute somebody's like, Hey, I've got a deal. So first thing is I want to see what's it worth and what can I get it for? I want to see the spread. So if the house is worth 275 and I can get it for 130,000, I'm going to look at that deal Mm. because I go, okay, it's a 900 square foot house, you know, based on my average rehab prices, I'm going to be into this 60, 70,000 on the rehab. And there's enough spread in there for me to make a profit. So you want to see a high level at a glance, ARV, the price you're offering it at before I even 
consider even looking at another thing. Yeah, and I, yeah. I take the ARV with a grain of salt. Right. Just because, I mean, I've been a real estate agent for a decade. You know, I've talked with tons of appraisers and the, the problem with real estate, um, it's not a problem, it's an opportunity, is values are subjective, Yeah. <laughs> right? So what, what one house is worth to one person, it, it might not be to that person, right? And, and wholesalers tend to inflate ARV, so, which is like, don't do that because... Jordy's going to do his own research eventually anyway. So why not just try to be as accurate as you can? Yep. yep. You know, don't just give him the best comp and say that's the ARV. You know, be reasonable about it. He'll have more respect for you if you're fair about the ARV than if you just inflate it. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. A wholesaler, like they want it, they, they want to make their money. Everyone, we're in this to make money, mm-hmm. right? Like it's an ecosystem. We all need to eat. We all have families to feed. Yeah. I get it. I've told every wholesaler that's ever done business with me, I don't really care how much money you make. Yeah. You could make $10,000 on this assignment or 100000 And the difference to me is nothing. Because you care about what your buy price. Yeah. Like yeah. it just has to make sense for me yeah. based on my strategy. I mean, I tell that to wholesalers as well because I I have a great perspective because I wholesale and I flip, so I kind of get to really see both sides really well. And as the as the cash buyer side, um, you know, like I try to tell wholesalers, I said, look, you know, I'll give you exactly what this is a deal for me at, and if you can make money at my number, go for it. If there's somebody else that's going to pay more, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. All I can do is tell you my number and what works for me. Yep. And if you want to work with me and you're okay with that, then great. Yep. Then we'll transact together. Yep. If not, you can find someone willing to pay more, go for it. Because I've been in those shoes too. And as a wholesaler, you're trying to find the highest paying buyer. I get it. Sure. But let's just, the, the thing about it is, is like, can we can we work together in a way to where me as a cash buyer, I'm effective at communicating what I want and what works for me. And then you as a wholesaler, learning that and being able to bring me just things that fit. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see wholesalers do really well is when they start to really learn their buyers and what their buyers want. And then they can bring them deals that fit. You know, 10, ten years ago when I started in real estate, I feel like that's what wholesaling was. And, you know, someone would tie up a property and they'd collect a five or $10,000 yeah. assignment fee. And then the flipper would go off and, and do it. But it was relationship based. And I think, you know, oh, I'll say from 2019 to 2022, it was the exact opposite where it was like everyone wanted to be a wholesaler and that's okay. I'm not, mm-hmm. I love wholesalers. I want more of them to be out there, but they wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars per assignment or 90,000 an assignment. Right. Yeah. And it became this, this thing where it was no longer a relationship game. Mm-hmm. It was in my opinion, wholesalers trying to make as much money as possible, which again, I get, I'm okay with. But at the end of the day, I think it's shifting back to it is. a relationship-driven yeah. business because not everyone is buying, you know, not every, people, everyone lost money yeah. in the last few years. If you've been buying real estate deals um, and the non-professional investors are now out of the market, the speculators yep. are out Gone. of the market because that $90,000 loss freaking stings. <laughs> and I don't care how much money you make, like when you're cutting a check, it hurts. Yeah. And so a lot of people who can't stomach that are out. 
Yeah. And and that's okay. Like this Mom is just- Mom and pop flippers are gone that we're overbuying because yep. they lost money. Yep. All the spec guys, all the eye buyers, a lot of the hedge funds. Yep. So now you're left with just the the tried and true flippers and buying holders, right? Yep. That mm-hmm. that are gonna follow sound business practices. Yeah. So that's a relationship because there are less of them. So you're gonna need to depend on that. I mean, that's I'm preaching from the pulpit. You've got to build relationships with your buyers. Yeah. If you're going to survive as a wholesaler. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, love that. Well, guys, hope you got some really good nuggets out of this. Thank you, Jordy, again for sharing your insights. I love that you uh, shared your kind of your buy box strategy with flipping right now. That's really, really great way to look at it. I think that's spot on with where we're at today with interest rates and how buyers are moving and trading up, right? And yep. So anyway, love that. Uh, guys, if you've got any questions or comments, leave those in the in the comments below and we'll try to answer those. I'll put Jordy, I'll put your information below too so people can follow you and you have a podcast that you do, which is great. And uh, you guys can get in his world a little bit, but thanks guys. And we'll see you on the next video.